Welcome back to the program, everybody. I'm Sarah Benincasa, and with me, as always, is the sexy, fantastic producer, uh, Mr. Marcus Parks. Thank you very much for the kind words. Marcus Parks, I have to congratulate you. I know this this news will be a couple of weeks late by the time this podcast is up, but you were just nominated for Best Technician in the ECNY Awards here in New York City, which are awards for the kind of alternative comedy group. Thank you so much. It's it's a very uh, I'm actually super excited. It, it's pretty it's pretty sweet. I'm so happy for you. It's awesome. I got really excited when I saw it. I was like, yay! Um, so it's a it's a fun. It's in March, so we'll find out who will be the best technician. See, that's the thing is that I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to win because uh, one of the guys has a cooler name than me, mm-hmm. and I know if there's a category on uh, something that I don't know anything about the category, I just vote for the person with the coolest name. So you are more likely to vote for, say, Sacagawea than Joseph. Exactly. All right. If it's if if it's like best flyer or postcard design, yeah, I'm going to go for Sacagawea. Well, next year, sex and other human activities will undoubtedly be nominated for best podcast. And and that's what's happening right now is sex and other human activities. The show where we discuss sex and, well, other human activities. Uh, today, we're going to start off as we always do with sexy time. Last time, I believe we talked about solo sex. This time, I definitely want to talk about sex with someone else, specifically with a coworker. I speak, of course, of sex with a coworker. <laughs> I was gonna come up. I was gonna come up with something interesting, but I'm not. No, I, I was gonna say sex at the office, but we're not. I, I'm not gonna speak specifically here about having sex in the office, although some people have had sex in the workplace. Guilty as charged. <clears throat> Obviously, <laughs> a few oh, different workplaces. Marcus. It just doesn't surprise me, and it's it's beautiful. It's completely beautiful, but it totally is just like, yep, yeah, that's that's of all my friends. If you were like, hey. Who, which one of your friends, Sarah, has banged uh, the most times in the workplace? I would probably vote for Marcus and maybe like a couple other people. <laughs> so we're going to talk about um, sex with a coworker, which can take place in the workplace, out of the workplace, sometimes at parties, of course, the office parties and everything. So have you? I mean, I, kn- I know, but I'll let me <laughs> let me be a good a good interviewer and ask you an open ended question, Marcus. Have you ever had sex with a coworker? And if so, was it fun? Oh, absolutely. When's the first time you had sex with a coworker? College. And what was the deal? Were you working at uh, like a Froger shop <laughs> <laughs> down in Texas? Down in Texas, Texas Tech University. I was the uh, station manager of the college radio station there, and the program director, nice. and the underwriting director, and a DJ, of course. <laughs> you were the radio station. I w- well, I, I worked my way up through the ranks. Uh, and the thing is about college radio is that every – God, I was such a sleazeball in college. Uh, every semester, you got a whole new crop of women coming in wanting to be a DJ. Uh, and, of course, I did nothing for the first few weeks, waited until everyone got their spots, all of that. Didn't want to look like uh, I was uh, doing anyone any favors. Uh, <laughs> and uh, – there would uh, usually how it would happen is we had a party uh, the first Saturday after the first Tuesday of every month. Uh, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> well, the staff meetings were on Tuesday, and we had to announce the party. It's like, hey, we got a party here on Saturday, uh, and the parties were at my house, nice. naturally, and they were the most kicking ass parties that people have 
ever been to, people still talk about them. I'm jealous, fact. man. So what kind of at these parties where the initial seduction would go down, literally, what what kind of food are we talking about? What kind of drinks? I mean, this is essentially a, a workplace party, but you're having it at an off-site location, which is always a good way to get people loosened up. So what, what did you have? What did you provide to loosen everybody up? Uh, three kegs of the cheapest beer we could find uh, <laughs> and a cooler full of trash can punch made with Everclear. <laughs> set it on fire no 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 no. that we did set things on fire uh but those were at different work parties but the way that uh the seduction process would work is i would let me just interrupt you for a moment i'm sorry bad etiquette but i just was wondering if maybe we could do a little bit of role playing and you could walk me through it as (laughs) as i portray the role of the say freshman girl Mm -hmm. um second semester freshman girl so I think I've got my shit together now. Mm-hmm. My, you don't. I don't, know. <laughs> my name is Candy Sue. Candy Sue Lee. Yeah. And I just got a job being the co-host on the 3 a.m. Uh, zombies show where we only right. play the hits of the zombies. <laughs> Ooh, very That's nice. That's the show. So I'm kind of so I'm kind of a I'm a I'm a hip edgy 19-year-old. Uh-huh. Okay. So but I'm still a 19-year-old girl. So I show up at your house. Hi Marcus, this looks really great. Hi, Candy. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's I'm so excited to start my new show at the radio station at Texas Tech that you're in charge of. Cool, cool. Hey, listen, I'm going to go grab a beer. So uh yeah, yeah, I'll see you around. And then I go grab a beer, and it's begun. So you say hi. Mm-hmm. You get out of there. You, so you say hi to the coworker, mm-hmm. but it's a casual hi, and then you're, you bounce to go do something else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. That's, I was vaguely moist at the thought of it. <laughs> a guy, if you're, gonna, if you're with somebody and you're working together, it is essential that during the seduction process, you not act obsessive, needy, or what have you, because you're going to have to see this person. And also, the idea that you don't need her is going to be very... That's going to be sexy to any woman. Absolutely. The yeah. idea that you're sort of like, oh, I could take her or leave her. We, we get into that for whatever reason. Um, but it's even more important because you need to maintain sort of the propriety. So, so that makes me, Candy, think, oh, my God, he just said hi. But then he went and he went and got a beer. So he didn't... I mean, he looked happy to see me, but not like out of the ordinary. So I don't know. Is he just nice to me because we work together? Or, or does he really like me? Oh, my God. So Good. Got- You've already knocked me off my game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and the secret to uh, hooking up at a party. And this is, this is something that uh, I've told people many times. And it's, it, seriously, it works. Uh, have fun. Just be in the, talk to people. Be in the middle of it. You're having a great time. Uh, and you've already planted the seed with the girl. Like she's already, you know, sort of going for it a little bit. She sees you having fun. She sees you uh, socializing with people. Well, he's talking to like lots of girls, but he's also oh, talking yeah. to lots of guys. Does he have an eye on any of these girls? I mean, I want to make out with him. And at work by the photocopier, he was really nice to me when I didn't know how to use it. But now I'm. Should I ask him if he wants to teach me Pro Tools? What should Candy do? What should the girl do at this point? You're the okay. So we know oh, uh, for the we know from the guy's perspective. All right, uh, guy, you're at a, a work party with people from work. There's a lady in the office you want to seduce. 
best thing to do to start is to make sure to say, hey, how you doing? Then go and get a beer so it's not like you're obsessed with her. I can tell you that that will, is a great opening. Chick will be into that. But now as the girl, there I am, and I'm like, well, what do I do? Do I approach him? Do I wait for him to come talk to me? So, Marcus, from your perspective, which would make it likelier that uh, Candy, as opposed to the other chicks, would be the one to get on your dong that night? Uh, she's got to approach me. She needs to approach you. Mm-hmm. She cannot wait, hold weight back, give you the weird stare from the corner, the needy stare, like, why aren't you talking to me? Not good. Uh, well, I mean, that's if we happen to be in the same circle, in the same group of people, uh, and someone's talking, whatever, uh, I will turn to her and speak with her. It's like, oh, hey, um, say you say she runs a zombie show. Mm-hmm. Can't 3 a.m. Can't bring up the zombies right away. You can't bring up the main obvious thing. You got to bring up something peripheral because that is going to start a conversation and it's going to show that you're into the same stuff that she's into. Uh, so, like, if you just say, like, oh, hey, Odyssey and Oracle, I love that album. Conversation stops right there. Uh, but it's like, oh, hey, like, I know you dig the zombies. Uh have you heard like this local like uh, oldies radio station? You so you said let's let's get into that conversation, okay? There's other there's background noise going on. Mm. And, oh, awesome, so and awesome and awesome and awesome music awesome. as well oons, that oons, I have uh, oons, <laughs> that I have put together personally. Right. It's, uh, it's like Kesha <laughs> <laughs> mixed with some Latter Day Britney. This was early to mid two thousands. So, so it was mid mid Britney. It was mid career Britney. Yeah. Okay, so that's going on, and, and here I am, and I'm just kind of, and I look at you and smile. We make eye contact, and then, um, hi, Marcus. This party's really, really cool. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, shit, I don't know. I'm usually drunk at this point. Okay, okay. So, um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. so work, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, have you um, really done, did you do any like, college radio in uh, high school or anything like that? No. I didn't do college radio in high school because or, I was oh in yeah, high that's, school. But that's I, right. That's I right. I did of college course, of guys. <laughs> what? I've said too much. Let's fuck. It's, See now, it's probably not going to go that far. But let's so let's 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 return to the idea which I liked. Oftentimes in the workplace, you don't get to be too intimate with someone, so you might see the girl across the 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 hall a lot, but you don't maybe maybe you don't talk to her that much. You do know one thing about her. So in your case, you know that Candy Sue likes the zombies. Yes. So what's your, you know, your gambit? Where do you, you let's get right into the scene. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, it's great not to be at work today, tonight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how's the show going? It's good. My 3 a.m. radio show about the zombies called Zombie Nation with Candy Sue. It's great. No, it's- I heard it. It's, uh, it's, it's great. You've got a, you know, you've got a natural flair for radio. Oh, my God, I do. Are you serious? I only say that if it's true. Really? You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me add to I don't ever, I never, uh, I have a rule, I do not lie to girls. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't lie about, like, what I do or give them false compliments or anything like that. Because if I have to do that, then, yeah, I'm not really that interested anyway. Wow. That's awesome. You're like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I will say this, at the risk of betraying my people, ladies, that it never hurts, whether it's real or disingenuous of course it's better if it's authentic but it never hurts to tell a girl she has a natural flair for something yeah now here's the thing guys if you're a cheese dick we're probably going to be able to tell you're faking it if you're smooth like marcus 
who can, you know, is a charming fellow, we probably won't be able to tell. So it is a risk to lie and say to to say that to a girl. But say you're at the, you know, you're at the party and you go, oh yeah, you know, I noticed you have a really natural flair for presentations. So you don't yeah. look, you don't look nervous at all. I don't know how you do it. Something like that. So you've got a little bit of self-deprecation in there. Like I don't know how you do it. You're putting mm-hmm. her above you in terms of status. Yeah. Or gentlemen, you can go. Yeah, you know, I've done a lot of presentations, uh, and I gotta say, for somebody who's only been at this office for six months, you really know how to keep everyone interested. Mm. I know that sounds like a lot of words that are unnecessary, but girls often like words. Yes, and we also but not like too to many hear, words. Not too many, but if it's a compliment, we like to hear words about ourselves. Yes. So feel free to compliment her on her skill with photocopies with collating whatever happens in your office if there's some sort of i don't know maybe your teachers and mm. she talked a kid down off a ledge that's a thing you could bring <laughs> up over an, a nice zima but you can't spend too much time talking about work no oh that's true yeah when you're trying when you're in the initial stages of seducing a coworker, and you're off site probably at a party some sort of gathering a retirement fiesta whatever you can't talk about work too much. So w- w- how do we jump off from work? We're there. We're talking. We've talked about work, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad. Thanks for the compliment on my natural talent at being a radio host. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, so you hit that lull. What happened? Yeah, you then? hit that lull. Uh, do you have uh, much experience doing like, presentation types? Do you have much experience speaking in public? Oh, I get shy in public. I like really? it when I'm like behind the mic because I can pretend it's just me and my zombies records. But oh, me too. That that's exactly uh, that's why I love radio. That's good. Mm-hmm. You're relating to her. You're going. Me too. We have that thing in common. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she could have said a lot of. She could have said anything really. Like, <laughs> I really like Fluffernutter. <laughs> oh, me too. Are you kidding? Wow. Yeah. I will go. I will say this. Try, unless you're trying to seduce the boss, try to keep the boss away from your conversation. Stay away from us. Unless you both really hate the boss and you're shitting on him, that's mm-hmm. fine. But if you have anything but a shitty boss, if you just have a, a mediocre to great boss, you really pro- probably shouldn't incorporate the boss into the conversation. Because, again, that brings it back to work. It's not sexy. Most people don't want to fuck their bosses. Yeah. So it's like an anti. And you don't want to talk about the other people in the office like, oh, they're great. Or anything like that. It's like, oh yeah, that guy. He's he's awesome. Uh, but if it like that's all right. It's like, oh Grant. Like Grant. Oh, he's a really great guy. He's very nice. And then you immediately come back to the situation. You can't spend too much time talking about the other dude because you don't talk his ass up. Yeah, you don't talk his ass up. You're 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 there for you. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And you you have noticed something, gentlemen. Girls really like it when you've noticed something particular about us. Not our social security number because you're stalking <laughs> us. But you know that you know that purple sweater you wore the other day. I don't know what to say. But then, what should a guy say after that? You know that purple sweater you wore the other day. That's a great sweater. Don't say your tits look great in that. Don't say your ass looks hot in that. You know what you say? Where did you get that? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could say like, um, yeah, just ask where did you get that? Where'd you get that? Oh, okay, <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Okay, compliment me on my sweater. Oh, hey, Candy, what's going on? Uh, what's uh, where'd you? Okay, no wait, I got to start over. <laughs> <laughs> 
because that's the thing. Uh, me, I'm very bad at approaching girls. Well, let's say I've approached you. We're talking. We've just hit a lull in the conversation. So mm-hmm. we've gone through the requisite things we know about work. Maybe we've had a laugh about someone else in the office. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, Tina's getting really drunk, huh? Whoa. <laughs> now we've hit a lull. Mm-hmm. So at this point, this is where you, as the guy, give me a compliment about something. Let's have it be about a sweater I wore the other day. All right. Uh, oh, hey, that uh, sweater you wore on Wednesday, it was pretty cool. Oh, my purple one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, where'd you get that? Oh, I got it at Kohl's. Which one? Um, The one on Marietta. Oh, Marietta, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you spend much time in that neighborhood? Oh, good, good. Oh, You're yeah. building. You're, You're building. building. Because I don't want to fucking talk about shopping. Right, of course you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to ask about it so much that she thinks you're gay. And exactly. She's like, I think he might be gay. He's really nice. I think he's going to be my gay best friend. Um, <laughs> because all the only gay people she knows are like stereotypes from TV. Yeah. I like that. Marcus, you're engaging in something called scaffolding. Scaffolding is something I learned about when I was in graduate school I went to teachers college it's actually called teachers college at Columbia University in the city of New York and I was there uh, learning how to be a teacher and that worked very well obviously but the term they use for um, build it's scaffolding essentially means it's just another term for building on what you've got so when you start a lesson with students you start with the fundamentals so who here You've, you assess what they know. Who here has, uh, has ever heard of Mesopotamia? Raise your hands. <laughs> What's Mesopotamia? And you talk about it. Okay, well, do you, can you point, can somebody point on the map to where they think Mesopotamia uh, is today? What's, what's present-day Mesopotamia? And you build from there. You go, oh, okay, so there you go. You've got that. This is also called the Fertile Crescent. Do mm-hmm. I, anybody have any family members from here? And you just build and build and build further and further up and up. And then you start getting the facts in. Once you have... Once you've made them comfortable with it, you've introduced it, you've warmed the kids up a bit, uh, gotten some, some participation. After that, you start to hit them with the facts and the knowledge. It is analogous to this situation because you've already talked about what's comfortable, your common ground. Now, now you're going beyond. You're asking questions. You're, you're seeking out new, unexplored, conversational territory with candy from the office. And at this point, this is the point where you wait until... A high moment hits. You make her laugh. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, oh, she yeah. laughs like that. <laughs> God damn! I do not want to fuck this girl. She's she just and and during sex, this is the noise that she makes. <laughs> That's the noise that she makes. Uh, uh. There's a lot of. <laughs> Okay, but you don't know that yet. Yeah, I don't know that yet. And she's, uh, she's hot, and you do want to fuck her at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you don't want to have this uh, complete, like, where you hang out with her all night long. you got to do it in increments. Okay. Yeah, what you do is you, uh, you wait until there's a high point, you know, a high point in the conversation. You don't want to leave it a lull. You know, you want to leave it at a high point. High point comes, you uh, finish your dr- – if you uh, haven't finished your drink – you knock it back while she's laughing or while the vibe is rolling. Exactly. Or you just go to the bathroom. This is great because this is what you leave on You leave on a laugh line. Mm-hmm. It's what comedians often try to do. Uh, you know, if, sometimes if you're doing a, if you're in a set, let's say you've got a 10-minute set, and you're maybe, at, you're maybe at minute, say, let's say you're at like 9, 
minutes 10 seconds and you have maybe two more jokes to do but the joke that you complete at nine minutes 10 seconds is funny and it's getting a big laugh you might just want to end on that note you should you don't necessarily need to throw in those other two jokes if if you think they're rather lackluster sometimes it's best to just leave the audience on a high note absolutely and this is what you do yeah, and this is how this is how comedy and fucking someone at the office come together. <laughs> it, it makes well comedians don't have an office, but we just generally fuck each other a lot. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So uh, so you've left on the laugh line. You're gonna go you know, like, hey, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna go use the bathroom. Maybe you come out of the bathroom. You make it a point to say hi to somebody else on the way. Mm-hmm. But you can also, I'll tell you what would make candy feel good would be uh, if you're the gentleman trying to seal the deal. If as you're talking to this other person, after like a, a couple minutes, you look up and you make eye contact with Candy. Very and you nice. smile and you maybe put up a put up a finger like, oh, just a sec or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she'll go, oh, it's okay. And she'll do another, you know, hand gesture and mm-hmm. kind of swirl her drink, maybe talk to another girl. Speaking of drinks, hmm. if you finish your drink, if you go that route, if you finish that your drink, you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to go to the bar. You want anything? Yeah. Buy her a drink. Good. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Excellent. Now, let's fast forward here to towards the end of the evening. You and Candy have been having a, you know, you've socialized with others. You've gotten to the point where eventually you two have gone into a semi-isolated place. Mm -hmm. So you may still be around people, but you are on your own corner of the couch or you are in uh, corners are good. You're sitting behind a potted plant together, perhaps. People are starting to go home now. If the party is at your house, I think it's easier. Oh, so it was so easy. Right. (laughs) But let's say the party isn't at your house. Let's say it's at TGI Fridays or at Chili's. Mm -hmm. How do you, where do you, I mean, do you make out there? Do you make out at home? What happens? Oh, God. This one is, this is the most delicate one and the hardest one to do. Mm -hmm. Because sealing the deal, you know, like that, it's very hard because you've got to, have a feeling for it. You got to gauge: is this the type of girl to make out in public? Do I want to make out in, in front, front of, of your co-workers. coworkers? Not a good idea. Mm-hmm. You don't want to yeah. do that. You that's don't want to do that. Yeah, that that's just weird. And that also might turn off the other hot guys or girls at the office from ever making out with you. Mm-hmm. Important to note. Indeed. So you go. You don't. There's no like outwardly physical touch. Like you know. Maybe a little bit of a pat or, you know, some sort of physical. Tap on the knee, pat the knee. Something like that. Leave it there maybe a second too long and then pull it off. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because also, let's remember, you do work together and you don't want to get into uh, inappropriate territory with somebody because who knows who's going to flip out and be weird the next day. So Mm -hmm. a little, you know, a hand, a, a touch on the arm is great. Also, just leave it there a second too long and then pull it away. And you also got to figure, how drunk is this girl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if she's really drunk, very big possibility that uh, she might freak out the next day. And the awkwardness, that level goes higher. And also, if she's too drunk, then her, her consent, depending on... How could your lawyer? It's her, sen- her consent. <laughs> her consent. Uh, depending on the st- uh, on the state, uh, her consent can be null and void. You know, mm-hmm. if she's blackout drunk and you fuck that girl, but you're what, raping that girl. But so what don't if do you're that. blackout drunk as well? If you're both blackout drunk, I don't know. Yeah. I just know that if one party has enough awareness to make decisions and the other one is blackout drunk, 
uh, then you're getting into some shady territory, and that's how yeah. date rape happens. Oh, yeah. So you want to, a, a great thing to you do, do I think. You do not want to date rape your coworker. Right. So if your coworker is so blasted, no matter how much you want to fuck this girl, if she is so blasted that she is puking or that she's like, falling over or whatever, if her girlfriends are trying to save her, do yourself a favor, let them quote unquote save her there's a difference i know they're cock blocking but in this case you might want your cock to be blocked you know now, what you do what? you put it in your pocket save it for another day there you go because maybe she'll remember and go i was so drunk and you'll go oh no you weren't oh so drunk nah, i'm so you embarrassed were, yeah you well, were how fine about this? Why don't had we a good go time i had a really good time talking to you though yeah exactly mm. that's how you can save it the next day let's say she's happy drunk happy drunk is fine she knows what she's doing she's having a good time uh then you're good to go, man. Mm-hmm. So do you kiss her in the parking lot? Do you kiss her? Do you ask her if she needs a ride home? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? Oh, man. See, the, that's the thing is that I've been in, like, I just got out of a three-year relationship. I'm rusty. I'm very, very rusty. Haven't been able to seal that deal. Uh, actually, no. No, no, no. Wait. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, like, thinking about it. It's like. Oh, no, wait, that's happened a couple times since <laughs> yes, then. Yes, you have. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, uh, y- you know what is an amazing thing to do? What? But, this is conditional, if you're both smokers, mm. go outside for a cigarette together, best place to make a move. If you're sure that something's cool, that, you know, that something's going to happen, something goes on, you're outside for a cigarette, you're isolated, there's nobody else around. Start, you know, make a bit of a move, maybe a, a hand, like a hand on the arm, you know, kind of rub the uh, arm a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of like come a little closer. A caress of the bicep. A caress of the bicep. The and try. then And then you can sort of gauge what's going on. And at this point, uh, you could get hardcore rejected. Remember that. But that's okay because it was only the two of you outside. Exactly. So mm-hmm. Now, if you are a smoker, um, so does having smoker's breath cancel out? You're both smokers, so it cancels it out, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Question. What, would you, what do you think about this? Because I think that I might respond well to this. If I, as the girl in the situation, am interested in going home with the guy, you know, if it's me, I might be forward and just talk to him. or I, I would probably be flirty enough that he would know that I would want to go home with him. But you're also a naturally flirty person. Correct. Yeah. That is absolutely true. But as are we both. As we both are. Absolutely. We both are. But not everybody is. And in fact, it is it is a beautiful thing to be mysterious. So don't feel bad if you're not a natural flirt like Marcus and I, even though we are sexy motherfuckers. Yeah, we are. We are. Here's a good thing to do, I think. you can Even if you know the girl came in a car, you can go... Hey, do you, you, do you need a ride home? And if she goes, oh, no, I've got my car here, you can go, oh, I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, oh, I thought you got a ride with uh, so-and-so. Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. Tina, the one who's drunk. <laughs> you know? But don't, I wouldn't say, are you, are you good to drive home? Because even though it's nice, she might feel insulted by the idea that you're asking if she's too sloppy to drive mm-hmm. home. So it's better to say, I was like, do you need a ride home? You could say that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then if she's into it, she should say, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I would, if I wanted to fuck the guy, I would just be like, yeah, sure. Like my, <laughs> my perfectly fine, my car could be running. I could be in my car with my foot on the brake about to proceed out of the parking lot in a, in a late model 
a, a, a Volkswagen, mm-hmm. a very reliable vehicle. Clearly, everything's fine. It's sunny in the middle of the night. For some reason, it's warm. Uh, there's no issues. My car is fine. It's not raining. It's not snowing, whatever. And stone cold sober. And if a guy leaned in and was like, do you need a ride home? I'd be like, yeah, let me just park my car. <laughs> if he was hot enough, if we were into each other, absolutely. So do yeah. that. Um, if, if that fails... It is a great idea to simply say, hey, I had a great time. Maybe we could go out for lunch someday. Hmm. Or maybe we could take lunch break at the same time one day. Yeah. Because you've broken the ice. You've got to know each other. Who's to say you're not going to fuck at lunchtime? <laughs> yep. You know, very true. Now, I want I want to ask. I once fucked during lunchtime. I have friends who've done that. I, um, <laughs> I have friends who used to fuck each other in the stairwell at work. Ooh, um, I know hot. I know other people who used to fuck in the bathroom at work, like the the, the handy capable bathroom, wow. I guess, a single bathroom. I know other people who have stooped actually in their cube after hours though, okay, of course, okay. after hours. I have a friend who is now married to a man who she used to work with and the first time they stooped it was after an office party in his office. They went back to his office to mm-hmm. stoop there because he had keys. I have never had sex in the workplace. I have briefly made out. I have certainly had a feel copped, but I never had sex in the workplace. And I'm so sad that I never had sex at Sirius XM where I used to work because uh. it, it would have been a violation of many policies and everything. And, you know, I, I didn't want to get fired. Um, it turns out I got laid off anyway, so I should have just <laughs> fucked somebody there. But I always really liked the idea of having someone fuck me from behind while I was running the board in oh, the studio. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. How fun would that be? You've uh, probably done that. What am I saying that to you? You've well, probably I, done that. Uh, Not at serious, but you've probably done that. Well, I've never had anyone fuck me in the ass while I was running the board. Oh, I didn't mean the ass. <laughs> but for you, it would probably <laughs> be the behind. ass. Yeah, for yeah, you, that's, it would be the it. asshole. For me, it right. would be the ass. Yes, right, yes. Right, 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 right. Uh, I have... Made out in between drops. Like, never mm-hmm. had sex. I do know people who have had sex, like, in the studio in between their drops. Uh, yeah. They're very late at night. Break, the, it down, break down what a drop is. Oh, of course. A uh, drop is whenever a DJ comes on the air in between. Hey, songs. that was Kesha. I'm Marcus Parks, and we're listening to Marcus Parks' favorite songs. Next up, more Kesha. <laughs> And I've always seen my fucking. I've always seen myself as more of a classic rock DJ. I see you more as a Kesha DJ. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, coming up next on 102.7 the Bear, we've got Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Keep it right here. And then like you hit it. Have you ever known anybody who has actually had sex on air? No, I know people who were naked on air together. And one of the guy and the guy got a boner. See, I feel like I could have gotten finger banged on air. Mm-hmm. And no, who would know? That's not going to make a noise on the mic. I could have gotten a blowjob on air, definitely. God, man, I could have blown somebody on air. Oh. Ah. Our, um, I, w- when I was uh, up at the, the Satellite Radio uh, Corporation, we had glass walls that were in between, or these big glass windows that were in between studios. And... I used to date somebody, I was with somebody for quite some time who I met there, but we didn't start dating until after he had left the company. And I was like, damn it, why did this start when we were <laughs> fucking there? Because we could have, like, you know, I could have pressed my boobs up against the glass. <laughs> like, you could have, I could have terrified some interns and you could have done me here. 
Um, and I had, I did, I did bang a guy that I worked with, but um, not at work. We worked really opposite schedules. Mm-hmm. Like he was, <laughs> he was in early morning and I was late at night. So I, I don't know how we ever would have managed to be at work at the same time in order to fuck each other. Um, I think it, it would have, we would have had to like come in during midday and he wasn't going to sit when you're at radio like you fucking leave as soon as you can you know like yeah. uh but yeah i wish we had fucked at work that would have been awesome see i've never uh slept with anyone that i worked with in close quarters there's always somebody that you know maybe wasn't in the office at the same time as me or somebody who worked in a different part of the office like maybe someone who worked in like the business office and i'm working in creative you know, mm-hmm. So that way you don't see them all the time. Yeah, that's. I don't think I've ever done that either. Like in this case, the dude I was fucking, he like hosted and produced in the morning and I hosted and produced at night. So it wasn't like we were going to run into each other. I did when I, I was student teaching, there was an, a teacher who I thought was cute. I, I think he wasn't that cute. I think I was just bored, but I thought he was cute. <laughs> And so we would talk on the phone and have these really sexy phone conversations. And I'd talk about how I wanted to fuck him in the book closet (laughs) (laughs) at the Bronx High School of Science, a prestigious public high school, uh, competitive public school, which has produced more Nobel Prize winners in science than any other university or excuse me, any other uh, secondary school in uh, the world. Anyway, so. So what, like two? No, like 12. It's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, science is crazy. It's ridiculous. It's amazing school. Uh, I will never, ever be welcomed back in those halls. I, I definitely never stooped anybody, but I thought about it. Yeah. I was like, hmm, that would be interesting. But, I mean, practically, would I have ever actually done it? No. Because when you're – it depends on your workplace, man. If you're going to fuck at work, it better be a regular office. There better not be kids within <laughs> 3,000 fucking yards. Yeah. Because – You could get, this is something to remember, I mean, you know, you could get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, you could get arrested. You could be a sex offender. Yeah. If, God forbid, you're stooping someone in the closet. Like, let's say that, uh, like, on Glee, Mr. Schuster and Miss Pillsbury, let's say they ever stooped in a closet. Some kid opens the door, sees them fucking. They didn't intend for the kid to see, but the kid did. And, you know, the kid's underage. Boom! They're both sex offenders. Oh, yeah. Never teach again. Indecent exposure. Ugh! Yeah. So teachers, don't fuck at school, even if you're fucking each other. Um, I would say also, if you're a medical professional, I guess doctors can kind of do whatever they want, right? Yeah. yeah, They're assholes. Yeah. I mean, nurses, that's one thing. Doctors do nurses. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. That, is, <laughs> what about, that is true. We, I, I've talked to people who are, a lot of people who are truckers who've had sex, you know, had sex in the vehicle because they had beds in there or who've gotten BJs while they were driving mm. or have gotten finger banged because they were driving. Or So I guess being a trucker, having sex in the workplace would be okay. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's, a, a, yeah. what's a place where it's uh, another place that it's not good to have sex in the workplace? You work at a school. That's not good. You work... In a hospital, I don't know, Grey's Anatomy makes it seem like it's pretty easy. Yeah. If you work at a construction site, um, there was an episode of Sopranos where I believe it was Vito got a blowjob for another dude at a construction site, and he ended up getting murdered for it. (laughs) (laughs) So especially don't have gay sex at a construction site when you work for the mob. Yeah. I would imagine that's about the only way that it's going to happen at the construction site. I've worked a lot of construction. Never, uh, never saw a woman in the uh, workplace. Not a lot of hot chicks. 
What putting, ab- a, putting in drywall what, on meth. What about a, <laughs> yes? <laughs> what about at a restaurant? Like, let's say you work at I don't know the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, Queens, mm-hmm. New York, which is where we record this very podcast. Indeed, ten ten forty nine Jackson Avenue. So, what about working at a restaurant? Do you think it's easy to bang somebody in that case? Depends on the restaurant. And it depends. See, here, there's only one person waiting tables upstairs. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. It ha- I think it would have to be a big, re- like a chain restaurant. Like the Olive Garden. Like the Olive Garden or TGI Fridays on a slow day. A very slow day. Oh, man. Listen, if, if any of you would like to share your stories of fucking in the workplace or fucking someone else at work, please Email us. It's sarah at sarahbenincasa.com. That's S-A-R-A at S-A-R-A-B-E-N-I-N-C-A-S-A, sarahbenincasa.com. Because we love, love listener mail. And we would love to get some listener mail with some anecdotes about your own experiences having sex with coworkers. Well, now is the portion of our show when we, we turn our attention to another human activity. A, a different human activity. And in this case, our human activity is inspired by a letter. Well, it's not a letter. It's a question I got from uh, a gal on Formspring. I am at formspring.me slash Sarah J. Benincasa. Formspring.me slash Sarah J. Benincasa, where I take all, all sorts of advice questions. So <clears throat> now I'm assuming this is a girl, but it could be a guy. Dear Sarah. I just graduated from a drama program and I'm having some trouble getting my shit together. Okay, your first mistake was going to a drama program. Mostly finding reasons to get out of bed early to go to open call auditions or out of bed at all some days. Any helpful advice? So this portion of our program is uh, is the other human activities and it is uh, getting your shit together after college. Tough. Very tough. Now, I made fun of this person for going to a drama program. I majored in creative writing. As did I. Oh, God. What a fucking fairy-ass thing to (laughs) major in. I'm majoring in stories. (laughs) I want to tell stories. So a lot of people these days are going to college, going into lots of debt, perhaps, or just spending a lot of time and effort to be there. You come out with a degree of, of any kind in the liberal arts tradition. Um except perhaps for, like, programming or something, and it's hard to get a job. Mm. So this individual is out of job, uh, out of out of college, um, out of the artsy-fartsy womb, because it's, it really is like an artsy, nurturing little womb, isn't it? Uh, especially in a, a drama school type thing. Oh, God, yeah. They're yeah. always doing trust falls. and. Oh, man. Well, see, I think it all depends, though, because uh, you may get the hardcore critiques. Mm. You, know, you could also get that. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, pretty artsy, fartsy, woomy. And it's easy to have sex. Everybody in drama school is horny, and the girls fuck oh, the yeah. girls, and the boys make out with the boys, and the girls and the boys fuck each other, and it's just uh, drama school is for whores. Yeah. Uh, I routinely, uh, whenever I was in drama in high school, routinely made out in the wardrobe room. Nice. Oh, yeah. Ooh, and the two halves of our show come together <laughs> in a seamless whole. <laughs> you made it happen. Fuck yeah, I did. Yes. In many ways. So- you graduate from college, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening right now who, who are at that place. You graduate from college, and suddenly that thing that you thought you wanted to do 
it turns out that thing is, is harder than you had thought. I graduated with a degree in creative writing, and that is why I joined AmeriCorps to be a teacher. Because I thought, fuck, what am I going to do with this degree? I don't know. So this kid um, just got out of drama school and is clearly feeling depressed. You know, when I hear having trouble getting out of bed early to go to open auditions. I mean, an open audition, guys, is a, a cattle call. Yeah. You show up. You know, you've seen a notice in your local, uh, usually on a website or something. If you have a manager, they've told you about it or an agent or whatever. But generally speaking, open auditions are for people who they've read backstage or they've read some sort of uh, important periodical or website. And uh, they found out, oh, open call. We're casting union and non-union roles, background in a film. Pay will be $80 a day for 12 hours work. So you go and you've got your head shot. And you've got your your resume on the back of it, and you're waiting. And it's it's a simple thing, but it can be a grueling thing. It's not that hard. It's just that you're there with the sea of other people, and you're looking at all of them. And there's the girl who brought her dog because she's fucking crazy. <laughs> you've got the guy who's running his lines really, really intensely in the corner, and you know. And then you've got everybody in between. And you look at people and go, "Wow, she's really pretty. Is she prettier than me? He's a good-looking guy." What, is he better looking than me? He's bigger than I am. He's got bigger muscles than I do. You know, because you're fucking gay and you're looking at everyone's muscles. I don't know. <laughs> this is just how I envision things happening. But having, having been to them, it can be somewhat soul-killing, particularly if you go a lot. This person is right out of drama school. I mean, I didn't go to drama school, so to me, any audition is just fun. Yeah. It's a lark to me. I'm like, oh, this is great. Play and pretend. These drama school people, you know, they've trained in Shakespeare and theater and the craft, and they've been told it's very important, and now they're reduced to hey, waiting gonna, in line for a Cheetos commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to be an extra in a, I, I was going to say Skittles. Oh, Skittles! <laughs> Taste the rainbow! Mo- mostly because uh, I have a friend who just went on a Skittles uh, audition. Oh, fun. and it Oh, no, it sounded awful. Is somebody from Murderfest? No, uh, this uh, a comedian, a stand-up comedian. Mm. It was his first audition ever, and it was for a Skittles commercial who's trying to get into the whole like surrealist advertising that's going on right mm-hmm. now, like the Old Spice guy. And oh, Isaiah Mustafa, I love you. <laughs> Just like the the super like surrealist stuff, yeah. Uh, and he uh, and the woman's like, I want you to be nice, but really cool, <laughs> but like handsome. Like I want you to like you look good and you know it, but but you're you know, not a dick. But you're not a dick. And uh, he's like, and she's like, okay, you're gardening. <laughs> you're gardening. You're gardening. You're looking good. You're looking nice and cool. You're gardening, but you're looking cool doing it. Uh, and then a rabbit comes up. What a ridiculous a rabbit, career we've A chosen. rabbit comes up. Acknowledge the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> acknowledge the rabbit should be the name of his new band. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, uh, that's how I greet him now. It's like, hey, what's happening, man? You acknowledging that rabbit? Acknowledge the rabbit. Acknowledge the rabbit. So that's an, a great example right there of the lofty ambitions that, that we often have um, in college, whatever we're studying, being reduced to the nitty-gritty, very banal, mundane reality, the day-to-day slog of trying to make it happen. I mean, you may go to school and be the most kick-ass coder <laughs> programmer. You're writing amazing code, and you rock. And everybody's like, oh, this guy's going to get a great job after graduating, great job after graduating. And you get the job. And suddenly, uh, you are not the the king of the hill anymore. Suddenly, you're at 
the bottom of the pile of hierarchy. You need to prove yourself. You are not getting paid as much as the other folks. You have to put in longer hours to prove yourself. All this stuff, you're suddenly not the golden boy, you're just another person. And that is a tough thing. So, uh, you know, it's very typical to get depressed right out of college. I got depressed in college, so, you know, I kind of took, I, I took care of that, like, midway through. But um, it's a really typical thing to get wicked depressed after college. It's totally normal. What I can say now and from my ripe old age is that your early 20s kind of suck. Yeah, they do. I thought they were going to be awesome, didn't you? Oh, my God. I would not like my late 20s have been so amazing. Like from since like 26, I'd say, uh, have been like the last two years have just been fantastic. Um, and even before that, like 20, since I like 25, it's been pretty damn good. But like 21 or like 22 to like 24 or even 21 to 24. Oh, oh so bad. Like I had a full and complete nervous breakdown. Uh, during my last semester of college, and that depression lasted until, like, September. I graduated in the spring, mm-hmm. and that depression just lasted the whole time while I was trying to get my shit together. I freaked out. Totally freaked out. I started peeing in bowls, and my mom had to come pick me up in <laughs> school when I was 21. And Marcus went nuts, too. So it's mm-hmm. it's very normal. I was, you know, I guess that this was my junior year that I went nuts, but... I did. I went nuts and dropped out, and it's it's normal to go nuts in your early twenties. And yeah. still, so I was talking to my friend about this. She's I'm 30 now. She is 36, I think. And I said, "Is it true that your 30s get better? Because it seems like at least all my women friends have um seem to they seem to enjoy their 30s more than their 20s by and large. They at least enjoy sex more. Oh, and of she said, "Oh yeah, my 20s fucking sucked, dude." And I was like, really? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm so much happier now. Like, do I wish that I it was still as easy for me to eat whatever I wanted and not gain weight? Of course. Do I wish that I wasn't worrying about, you know, fine lines and wrinkles? Yeah. But would I trade places with myself at 21? No fucking way. And I read something that Julie Klausner said. Julie Klausner is a very funny comedian and and a writer, very talented gal. And uh, she wrote a book called I Don't Care About Your Band. And it's very funny. We have the same literary agent, and I don't just say that because because of our friend Scott Mandel of Mandel Media. But um, but Julie's great, a really cool person. And Julie, I read some quote from her, and I don't know what site it was, but she doing some interview, and she said, you know, I really don't get into the whole ageism thing, where women say, "Ew, I'm going to turn 30. I'm so scared." And she said, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but she said, being 21 is scary. Being 21 sucks. And she's so right. So to the person who wrote to us upset about being right out of college and unhappy, and to anybody who's listening who's in their early 20s, whether you're one, two, three, even four years out of school, shit didn't start being fun for me till I was about 27, I think. Yeah. It's 26 such, for me. You're Yeah, you're in this weird place where you're not an adolescent anymore, but we live in a culture that uh, allows you to extend your adolescence for quite some time. There are all sorts of mixed messages. It's also different related to what class you're a member of, what your, your ethnicity is, what culture you're a part of, everything. Like, 
you know, there are people who, if they're 22 and unmarried in certain parts of this country, they are old maids. And there are people who, in certain parts of this country, like up here, if they're 22 and married, everyone goes, oh, that's going to fail in like a year. And then it does. <laughs> yeah. And then it totally does. <laughs> so understand that your 20s are a work in progress. I've only been 30 for a few months. I have no fucking clue what my 30s are going to bring. But looking back on my 20s, I did more growing in my 20s, I think, than I even did in my teenage years. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Now, uh, comedian Nick Turner has a great joke about this uh, where he says, my 30s are going to be awesome because they have to be. Because my <laughs> 20s were awful. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it was just suck. He was like, I made $84,000 for the whole decade. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the best way that I've ever heard it put. Nick Turner, ECNY nominee for best, uh, I think, emerging comedian. Yeah. And uh, nominee for uh, best co-host or best host along with uh, his life partner, Jason Sines. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. See, things are popping off for Nick Turner in his 30s. Oh, yeah. So. I think that the best thing you can do in your early 20s, right out of college or a few years out, is just keep breathing and putting one foot in front of the other and try not to drink yourself into a stupor. Look around at people who are a bit older than you. Look around at people who you admire, whether you know them or whether these are matinee idols of yours, or what have you. Look at role models in your industry, and also look at people who you know, who seem happy, and and people who you respect. Then ask yourself, what do I need to do to get to that place? You're never going to get exactly to the place of any one of your idols, and that's okay, because you're not supposed to, because it's their place to be. It's not your place to be. You're going to forge your own path. But look at some of the stuff they've done. Did this person, instead of dropping a bunch of money on graduate school, uh, join Peace Corps for a while? Hey, that's something to consider. Did they join AmeriCorps? Something else to consider. Probably less chance you're going to get raped by a marauding tribe if you (laughs) join AmeriCorps instead. Did this person go and uh, become an apprentice in the field of study that you love very much? Well, maybe you should go do that. I mean, these people are are, are all... uh, have all made it happen and you're impressed by all of these people. So look at how they made it happen. Spend your early and mid twenties working hard, certainly, but also uh, figuring out who you want to become. I think your thirties may be more about being the person, <laughs> that person. And I think your twenties are more about figuring out who that person is. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, person, who emailed me uh, via Formspring. And you can always go to formspring.me slash Sarah J. Benincasa, or you can email us at Sarah at Sarah Well, that is all for this week's edition of Sex and Other Human Activities, Marcus. Oh, I loved it. I feel good. We learned about, well, we discussed, I don't know if we learned, but we discussed uh, uh, fucking a coworker, and we discussed... How to heal your life immediately after college. Mm, yeah. No, it's going to take a long time. Yeah, and it's okay. Just Patience. don't put pressure on yourself. Absolutely. Patience. That's the only thing that it takes. I'm just turned 28, and I'm just now starting to feel like a su- something that resembles an adult. Dare I say, there's a song by Michael Bolton called <laughs> Time, Love, and Tenderness. And it's true. That's really what it takes, young buck. <laughs> make things happen. 
For sex and other human activities, I'm Sarah Benincasa. And I'm Marcus Parks. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.